0: John chapter 16 verse 33 The Lord speaking Before he leaves Goes to his throne in heaven He says these things I have spoken to you That in me you may have Peace Say peace Peace. Where do you find peace Where does this scripture say You find peace Who's talking Jesus He says you find peace In me. Now he said in the world. You're going to have tribulation. But you can go ahead and smile. You can go ahead and be of good cheer. He says I have overcome that world. When you die. That ain't the end of you. When you go through this valley. That ain't the end of you. You're going through. And I have overcome. The plans that the devil had for you. You know God's peace is like the eye of the storm. If you've ever looked at the eye of a hurricane, sometimes it can be small, it can be a couple of miles across, but in some of those bigger hurricanes, the eye of the storm can be 60 miles wide. And these people are just getting battered by these winds and the waves that are coming, 150 mile an hour winds, and they just don't know if they can take it anymore. And then all of a sudden, it's been described as blue skies. Oh, it's over. It's such peace in the eye of the storm. You can see the walls of clouds surrounding you. But I mean, your heart can be still in the eye of the storm. And our peace is found in that eye of the storm. His name is Jesus. When the world rages all around us, we know that we just come out of one battle, We probably we, the other side of the storm is coming. But we know that we have the peace that passes all understanding in Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is the peace in the eye of the storm. And that should be the, the Christian life. When everybody else is pulling out their hair, everybody else is throwing in the towel, everybody else is, oh, I can't take it no more. Everybody else is cussing the balls. Everybody else is filing for a divorce. Everybody else says, I can't wait till these kids get out the house. We're not like that. No matter what the world throws our way, we have the peace of God. We have peace in God. <laughs> no better is that demonstrated in the Bible than when Jesus told his disciples, Let's get in the boat and go across to the other side. He grabs his pillow and he goes, lays down, takes a nap. And then the storms begin to rage out there on the Sea of Galilee. The wind starts blowing and the boat starts rocking and people start holding on, looking for life preservers, you know. Pretty soon the, the thunder starts cracking, lightning, flashing. It starts to be a real scary situation. Water starts coming over in the boat. People start yelling at each other. bail, bail! And the disciples are doing everything that they can in their natural strength to keep this little boat afloat because they know that they are in danger of death. And somebody finally, <laughs> somebody finally thinks of Jesus. Where's Jesus? He's still back there snoozing. I can hear him snoring now. He's in the back of the boat on a pillow, asleep in the midst of the storm. Why? Because he said, we're going across, we're going across. He ain't worried. I want you to know God's not up there biting his fingernails right now because of Russia and Ukraine, because of Israel and Hamas. God's not up there biting his fingernails about your situation. He is at perfect rest. He is in perfect control. If he says we're going to the other side. Guess what? We're going to the other side. Don't matter what we face, you can be in the storm, but stay in the eye of the storm. When the storm is around you, is moving, move with the eye. Move with Jesus. <laughs> in the midst of the storm, they went to Jesus. They said, Jesus, don't you care? Hadn't you felt like that sometimes? Lord, they're to come get my car. There's a tow truck out in the front yard. God, I think my kid's on drugs. Lord, what am I going to do? Maybe my husband's cheating on me. My wife is. And your heart begins to race. You know, you can't control other people, can you? Jesus, don't you care? Where are you at, Jesus. I need more than just your presence on Sunday. I need you today. Jesus, don't you care? We're about to drown here. The boat's going down. Jesus. Dude, didn't I tell you we was going across? Jesus, it says in Mark chapter 4, verse 39, he arose and he rebuked the wind And the sea, and he said, peace, be still. Say that with me. Peace, be still. Think about your problem right now and say, peace, be still. There's another place I remember the Bible says, be still. In Psalms 46, Jesus says, God says, be still and know that I am God. I'm in control. In the middle of the storm. My love surrounds you. I ain't forgot you. I ain't forgot the promises. God is not forgetful. He's not like some of these presidential candidates we got. God doesn't get old and senile. Anyway, Jesus said, he spoke to the situation. You know, Jesus had authority on the earth because he is the creator of the earth. But he gave authority to us as Christians to speak to our problems in this world. To stand up on the front of our boat and say, "Uh uh-uh, worry. Uh Uh-uh, anxiety. Peace, be still. Be still, my heart, and know that he is God. Peace, be still. And it says the wind ceased and there was a great calm. You ever felt that? You ever been in a situation you just, you, you, you thought to yourself, oh, what about Jesus? Let's wake him up. And then all of a sudden a great peace came in your heart, even when other people around you were freaking out. We don't know what to do. Calm down, guys. I know a guy. I know somebody that can speak to the storm. But then he said to them, why are you so fearful? Why is it that you have no faith? Why? I mean, haven't you seen me open the eyes of the blind? Haven't you seen me take care of situations that was impossible? Haven't you seen me feed the multitudes in the wilderness? Raise the dead? Hello? Hello, Tony? Don't you remember what I brought you through before? All your situations, your issues. Misty? Sandra? Ricky? How much have I brought you through already? Why is it that you have no faith in me? Why are you hurting my feelings like this? Have I ever let you down? Why is it that you have no faith? Didn't I say... You were going to the other side. Didn't I promise you eternal life? Didn't I give you a whole book full of stuff that says promises of mine? Couldn't you just choose one and stand on it? I mean, any one of them will work. If you just had a little faith in me. We're going to the other side, people. And they feared exceedingly. Now they weren't feared for the storm. They they had a fear of God. And that's where our fear should be. A healthy fear of God Almighty. Because it says, They said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey Him? There's nothing too strong for our God. When we get a hold of that, faith brings peace to your situation. How, would, how many would like to a peaceful journey across to the other side? Faith brings peace to your situation. If you have no faith, then you're going to be tossed about. If you have no faith, you, the world doesn't have peace. They have moments of tranquility. They, oh, they go out at night and they look at the stars and they're looking at God's creation, but they don't even know it. They, they feel an inner peace for a moment, but then a cloud comes by and the kids start fighting in the background and, and it's all gone. They have moments of tranquility. They kind of understand a little bit what you say about peace, but they've never experienced the peace that passes all understanding. They never understood that your soul can rest. In a person and his name is christ your soul can be at rest you got situations in your life right now take a deep breath guess who's on the throne and he never sleeps or never slumbers never takes a vacation jesus is at the right hand of God, ever living to make intercession for you. He's praying for you. He knows your situation. And in his spare time, he's building a mansion so that when you get there, y'all can live together. We can all be together. He's got it under control. That gives me great peace. I don't know about you. But I don't want to live tossed and afraid. When he says, peace be still, when he spoke to the wind and the waves, that word peace is the Greek word pale. Co-pale, co I guess, co It's a verb. It means to. It, it means to, to be silent. To hold your, your voice. voice, quieten down. And you see, faith. By faith, you have the authority to speak to your problems and say, "Shut up." When the devil's speaking to you, you have the authority to say, I rebuke you. To resist the devil. We have authority over our, certainly over our own souls. We're free moral agents, I guess you could say. God gave us free will. And He gave us, granted us authority over the enemy that speaks to our soul. So we certainly can speak into our own situation and tell our hearts to be still. Now, can we get up on the front of the boat and and rebuke tornadoes and, and whirlwinds and all that? Well, I'm not sure, but I am sure I know the one who can. And I am sure I know that his character is for me. And I can trust him. I can trust you, Lord, in the eye of the storm. You remain in control in the middle of the war. You guard my soul. You alone are my anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. I had the privilege of over here in a conversation between some young 20-something-year-olds the other day. They were eating, and I got to listen in on what they were saying. It was so funny. <laughs> One of them started talking about tsunamis. said, you know, this is how you know what a tsunami's coming. They couldn't even pronounce it. A tsunami's coming. A tsunami, you know, and this is what you do. And then when, then when you see that happen, this is what you got to do. He was telling them how to survive a tsunami. None of them live near the coast. You understand. (laughs) Somebody else jumped in and says, "Have you ever thought about polar bears? (laughs) Polar bears are man eaters. (laughs) They are the only kind of bear that actually will attack you because they want to eat you. They'll eat you alive." They were telling me about uh, telling them. Each other about polar bear. Somebody jumped in and said, "But a brown bear." But somebody said, "A grizzly bear." You got to do that different. You got you got to make yourself big. You got it. They they knew how to handle bears, and none of them lived in the forest. (laughs) 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 Then one of them jumped up and said, "I'm never going on a cruise." (laughs) Did you see that? Video of uh, them big waves that was coming and and breaking windows in the cruise ship, and 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 sometimes they're, they get food poisoning. I heard about them. They had watched so many videos that they had so many what ifs going on in their mind. I, I can't imagine that they have an ounce of peace in this world. Just what ifs. I, I remember. I guess about five or six years ago, you may remember, almost every news program, every afternoon would say, there was a shark attack in California this week. A great white ate two people or something. And then one in, and we had two in Florida, and there was one in Australia. And all the media was just obsessed about shark attacks. I mean, I was scared, and I don't even live near the ocean. (laughs) I wouldn't even dip my foot in the pool outside much less get in a river or a lake. I mean, they had me thinking the sharks was going to come out on the land and get me. That's all we heard about for a whole year is shark attacks. And many of you probably swore off, I'm never getting in the ocean again during that time. Before that, you didn't know. You was blissfully ignorant. You'd jump right in, you know, swim, swim, have a good old time. You just didn't know. You were surrounded by sharks. Well, I guess... You know, a couple of years later, I was looking at some trivial information about shark attacks and the frequency of them, and I said, let me go back to that year when the media was talking about shark attacks nonstop. I bet that, that must have been the biggest spike in shark attack history. Like, that's important information you got to know. And so I looked it up, and that was actually a down year in shark attacks on the graph. But all of us would have swore up and down a shark's going to get us if we get in the water that year. When I, I take it back even further. When I was young, I was fascinated with tornadoes. I'd never seen one. I'd never been in one. And in fact, I'd never even seen a picture of one. When I was growing up, we didn't have pictures of tornadoes. Can you imagine that? I went to the library to try to find a picture of a tornado in what these books called encyclopedias. And I could not find a picture of a tornado. I wanted to see one. But today, I can get on my phone and I I can not only see a tornado, I can see 150 tornadoes. And I can see them go through the country. I can see them go through the city. I can see them hit a building. I can be there while somebody was in the middle of a tornado. How do we have peace in a culture where in 30 minutes we can watch enough videos that bring us to emotional highs and lows that other people that lived in generations before us, could live their whole life and not experience that many highs and lows. And we can experience it in 30 minutes. And we l- wonder why we're sitting here so cool and callous. Everybody's freaked out. There's only two ways to come out of, out of that. Is you're going to be so calloused to things. We did not seen so much death and destruction. We did not play so many video games where we blowed people's heads off. We've seen so, so many wars on television. Do you know one time CNN showed up before our troops did to watch the invasion? Our troops were sent on a secret mission, and CNN was there to film them when they got on shore. We can see it all, folks. But has it left us calloused? It'll leave you calloused. Or to leave you paranoid. Or it might leave you both. What do we do? We are in the eye of the storm. I mean, we're in the storm. We need to stay in the eye of the storm. If we don't understand how to find peace in this world, we're going to live ineffective at, at least, calloused, and paranoid. And that is not God's life and plan for our lives, is it? And then we give our two-year-olds iPads. Here, watch this. The new babysitter. Give them our phone. Here, watch YouTube videos. We don't know what the world they watching. And they can be watching cartoons today and it'd be worse stuff than I saw my whole life. <laughs> Evil. Targeted towards our children. How do, how do you raise your children in this generation? Very carefully, very intentionally. You got to be very careful. I mean, if you care. Romans 8 6 says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You see, if we think, if we let this mind go, and if we just, you know, the flesh wants what the flesh wants. We get a little endorphins released every time we see something that excites us. So we, we keep running back to that phone, running back to that computer, watching, 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 watching. That's being carnally minded. That's not experiencing self-control. We just let ourselves see all this stuff. We let ourselves become, like we talked about last week, become vexed. Our souls become vexed, and that leads to death. But to be spiritually minded, to keep your eyes on the prize, to to remember why you're here, to remember whom you belong to and that you have a real purpose, more than just zoning out, becoming a calloused, paranoid person, If you would keep your eyes on the prize, be spiritually minded, you might live a little of that life more abundantly that Jesus talked about. And if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you'll find peace. And that word peace in Romans 8, 5 is different than the word siopeo that we read in the other scripture. This is the Greek word "irene." Irene. It means a state of tranquility or quiet. It means freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. Freedom from that. It also means harmony between people or nations. You know, like there's peace between us and Israel or peace between us and Mexico or something. Peace between... Me and Donna, me and David, there's peace between, you know, because if there's not, what's the thing that keep you up at night? Huh? I'm talking about the, the peace in Romans 8, 6, is Irene. It also means security, safety, prosperity. That's the the things that the peace of God will bring into your life. And then it had a word in here in the definition that I didn't even know what it meant. It's felicity. Has anybody ever heard that word? I had to look it up. You know what it means? Intense happiness. Oh... The peace of God brings intense happiness. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Do you know Jesus wants us to have felicity in our life? Mm. Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where do we get the peace? Peace. What does it mean to be justified? It means I'm made right. I'm I'm seen as just in God's eyes. And I'm justified not by the things that I do, but by my faith, what I believe. And when I believe in Jesus, I have peace with God. The enmity between a sinful man and a holy God has been erased by the blood of Jesus. The sin debt has been paid. I have been made right in the sight of God, justified, and I can come boldly before Him in my time of need and receive mercy and grace. And which one of us don't need that? Every day. But it's through faith. It's through, it's, it's through believing That Jesus was crucified, buried, and resurrected. And then now he sits at the right hand of God, having conquered death, hell, and the grave, and holds the keys to eternal life. And he has granted it to us through our faith. It is the most beautiful thing that could ever happen to anyone. And it says, we have peace through this. In John 14, 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. He's about to go, and he tells his disciples. How many of you are Jesus' disciples? He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. He said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If you'll tap into the peace that he leaves, he has left for us. You don't have to be troubled or afraid. Only Jesus can give us peace with God. But only Jesus can give us the peace of God. Do I need to say that again? He gave us peace with God. He, made, he took care of the vertical, but he also takes care of our horizontal while we're here and gives us the peace of God. He doesn't want us to be anxious. He says, be anxious for nothing. He says, cast your cares on me, for I care for you. He doesn't want us to live paranoid and calloused. He wants us to be in perfect peace. Remember the scripture last week? Isaiah 26.3 He keeps those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Him. Who's got their focus on Him. You know, the world's peace, it requires outer conditions. But the peace of God is in the eye of the storm, in the middle of the storm. Well, I know everybody is, is so practical. The first thing you want to know is how can I find this peace, Pastor? And so I wrote down some practical ways. But I want you to know, at the end of me telling you these things, i got something overriding to tell you. So let's go through them. To have peace in our hearts, in this crazy generation, we're going to have to pick our thoughts. Uh, one scripture says we're going to have to fix our thoughts on whatsoever things are true and lovely. We, got to, we can't just think on anything. We've got to watch what comes in these eye gates and in these ear gates. Secondly, we got to live with hope. Knowing that I I have a home in heaven and somebody waiting on me there who loves me enough to die for me gives me great hope in this life. we got to choose love. Because anything that comes from the dark side, any hatred, any animosity, those are enemies of your peace. They will rob you of peace. They will steal peace. They will scratch you you on the inside and leave you scarred and longing for peace like i said jesus says we got to cast our cares and sometimes that's daily sometimes that's multiple times daily when you're in the storm you got to continually cast your care lord i trust you what you're saying is i trust you jesus you i can't handle this but you can so i give them to you i give them i give all this worry and anxiety to you then we've got to meditate on the Word. The Word of God is a spiritual book, and it, it brings us into harmony with our spiritual God. If I ever showed you, forgive me, Chad. All right, this is, this is, this is harmonious. This is what God wants for us. It's almost harmonious. You need, you need to tune this thing up, Chad. <laughs> this is what it sounds like when you're letting when you're you're carnally minded. This is what Chad sounds like when at practice. No, just kidding. <laughs> You don't think I'm gonna tune it back up for you, do you? (laughs) And we gotta pray, people. Where did my message go? It's disappeared again. I'm losing my harmony. Chad is yeah, yeah. What did did you pray already? All right, all right. Where was I at? Okay, meditate on the Word. It brings our soul into harmony with God's thoughts. Amen. It's a beautiful thing. When you get that thing tuned up, then you experience peace. The other is chaos. Ah, it doesn't sound good. So we do that by reading the Bible, and we do that by praying. Another thing that we can do in this life is be grateful. When we got a grateful attitude, when we're always thankful about things that keeps us thinking on good things instead of thinking on the negative you can just you can be having a perfectly good day but if you let your thoughts always continue to go to the negative by the end of the day you're bailing water again right just trying to stay afloat i don't know if i'm gonna make it but nothing happened to you today but i just feel this way because i done brought up my past that's another thing let go of your past As much as was in you, let go of negative past things that when you think about them, bring you down. You know, life is moving forward. Life is in the now. We can learn from the past. We can be encouraged from the good things, but don't let the bad things be weights to drag you down in this life. And one thing you can do is to forgive others, like I said. If you hold alt against somebody, it's like drinking poison in your own life. You're hurting yourself more than you're hurting them. So that is an enemy of your peace. Serve others. I have found, and you, you probably have too, that when you're feeling down about your situation, you're feeling worried, find somebody else who's in the middle of something and go help them. It'll take your mind off of your problems. What it does is when you're about God's business, God will be about your business. In fact, when you begin to serve other people in the midst of your storm, you'll turn around and find out my storm has dissipated. Because while I was serving God, God was serving me. So serving is important. Decluttering is a good thing. Now, I I need some help with this one. I I have, you know, a garage that I can barely fit the car into, you know. And and it's by inches, you know. And... And all the stuff I have, you know, all the stuff I have in this life, all of it needs maintenance. You know, you buy something and you say, well, I got it now. I don't have to worry about it anymore. But, oh, I do have to worry about it. I got to put new spark plugs in it. I got to take the gas. I got to winterize it. I got all these things I got to keep doing. And pretty soon, if I got all these things, all I'm doing is serving these things. I hate to say that. preach about myself like that but we need to declutter and not just our things our our schedule how many of you say i can't make it to prayer on tuesday nights i i can barely make it to church on sunday i can't make it to this i can't you know i can't go to the life group i can't not you know i just don't have time for all that well then you've you need to declutter your schedule and make time for the important things, that, the spiritual things in your life. That's just a bad time management. Why don't you get a hold of yourself? You say, my, my boss t- makes me do this. No, you know, my, my wife makes you. Well, how about make your own decisions? How about you take control of your life? That boss will fire you and forget, and rehire somebody in your place in 20 minutes and forget about you, but you're living your life to do everything he says. I'm not saying that we ain't supposed to, to be good employees. We ain't supposed to work hard or whatever. But there's a higher calling. I'm glad that, you know, we're supposed to obey our parents or whatever and those in authority over us. But if the general says something, that trumps what the, the little sergeant might say. And so we must arrange our lives in order. With what God says first, put God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things to be added unto you. Some of us are chasing this stuff, chasing this, the schedule that somebody else made for our lives, and we don't look up long enough to know that we're missing the life that God has for us. Some of us just need to sit back and say, I need to make some changes. When we've got a church too tired to support life groups, we got a problem, people. Life groups are meant to be life, create godly relationships, important things in your life. You're stressed out and you're saying, Well, it ain't my fault. Hello, whose fault is it? You got one life, you got the same 24 hours anybody else does. You got to take authority in your life. God gave you a free will to choose. Don't let anybody else choose for you. You, let, you get with God and you find out what's best for you. That's just for free. Y'all get mad at me if you want to. And then, on top of that, the next thing I was going to say, say is stay in your lane. Some people got to fix everybody else's problems. Some people taking everybody else's cares on themselves. My kids is this and this. Your kids, is your, they got their own life. You want to help them, pray for them. Get your spiritual life right with God and then you can help them. But taking on their worries and their cares, we are, oh. <laughs> we we, we want to we control everything. I told a person one time that they want to know why we don't do this. Why we, I said, well, we're following Jesus best we know how. When we hear something that he wants to do at the church, that's what we do. And he hadn't told us to do these things that you're saying. But he had a plan all mapped out how we're going to grow this church and make a lot of money. Or something. I don't know. I, said, I explained it to him in some detail. Look, I'm not even in charge of this thing. It's, it's Jesus' church. I just do what he tells me. Amen. And I put it very simply. I'm trying to stay in my lane. He couldn't wait to leave the church. I ain't hear from him no more. If we would stay in our lane, we wouldn't try to shoulder all the cares of the world, we would do ourselves a big favor and everybody else. The, the more I, closer I grow to Jesus, the more I realize I don't want any more responsibilities. You know, I'm happy with the ones I got. (laughs) Jesus' burden is light. His yoke is easy, right? Right. Many of us are staggering under the weight of everybody else's cares because we're trying to control everybody else. You can't do it. It's like chasing the wind and herding cats. I know. (laughs) So choose your battles is another one. Be intentional about the things, like, for example, your schedule. Be intentional about it. You said it. Have self-control. Don't let the pursuit of things and hobbies and and your flesh just food is a big one, you know. Get some exercise, what I'm saying. You know, how are you going to have peace in your life when you... Your blood pressure is way up here. You're barely holding on, you know. So get a little exercise. Do positive things to keep the blood flow going, you know, and keep the brain activity alive. And that self-control is talking about those devices and stuff that we spend all our time on. Have balance in your life. You know what I'm saying? Have a healthy balance of family Church, work, recreation. But I'm going to tell you, you can't balance these things by yourself. There's going to be seasons in your life where work is going to really require more of you. And I'm not saying just because the, your job is saying you've got to work 60 hours this week, you say, I'm quitting, I'll set my own schedule. No, I'm saying there's going to be times where you allow for a, a busy season at work, but it shouldn't be the norm. They shouldn't be just taking advantage of you like that. But what I am saying is, you know, sometimes there's going to be friction between you and your spouse. And you're going to have to spend extra time in the family. You say, well, I'm supposed to keep everything balanced, so I've got to have my hobbies too. Well, there might, hobbies might have to go for a minute to keep everything else balanced. Life is, it comes at you fast. And you don't know what's about to happen. And so you've got to have Jesus. You've got to have a communication with Jesus and be led by the Holy Spirit to keep balance in amongst the storm. One minute you might be bailing, the next minute you might be holding on. But through it all, you need to be in close communication with Jesus. He is the hub in the middle of the wheel. I'm, you know, I hear a lot of talk about prioritizing think your life. Your priorities should be God, family, church. And, and that's good most of the time. But what happens when, you know, something's thrown out of whack? Then you've got to make adjustments and find balance in your life. Take your authority in Christ. Pursue meaning and purpose. If you're just living day to day to get to the weekend, that don't make for peace. That makes for sadness. But if you're doing what God has told you to do, every day you get up with a fire, a new fresh excitement, and it's just something about laying your head down on the pillow at night after you've pursued your purpose and the reason you exist on this earth and things God called you to do, that brings great, great Peace. And yes, make time for fun and relaxation. And some of you, take a vacation. God gave us the Sabbath day, didn't he? Once a week. Some people brag, I I ain't been on vacation in five years. I work 60 hours a week. What's wrong with you? That's not anything to brag about. Take some time for rest and relaxation. Even God rested on the seventh day. Okay? Set boundaries. Have a little margin in your life for in case, you know, something goes wrong. You got, you know, you ain't so scheduled so tightly that, you know, if you have a flat tire, it's going to throw your whole week off. Right? Or Or if you're, washing machine breaks down and you have to buy a new one now you can't pay the bills at the end of the month there's no margin in your life plan so that you have excess in in every area so that you know you can be live in balance a little tilt this way but that's okay we got it we got it we plan for this live like you mean it you know surround yourself with peaceful people And I don't have to say anything about those who don't surround themselves with peaceful people, about the unpeaceful people. You know how they drain your peace, right? Prioritize quiet time. That be still and know, that means stop talking. Cut the music off. Cut all forms of media off. Maybe if you live at a busy intersection, drive to the lake. Find some peace and quiet. Listen to some geese flying over. You know what I'm saying? God tunes our soul to these things. These are the things that God gives. You know, honking and sirens and hollering and yelling at one another and fighting and shooting guns and Fireworks non-stop, these are man-made things. They kind of work against our peace sometimes. So we've got to find some rest for our souls. And then the last one I would say, and I'll say all the time, is the Holy Spirit. has to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ask Him to develop a relationship so close with the Holy Spirit that you're singing to yourselves and songs and hymns and spiritual songs making melody in your heart to the Lord, talking with Him when you go, uh, praying in the Spirit, singing in the Spirit, singing in the understanding, singing in the Spirit. You know, just go around and have, have a relationship or true relationship with the Holy Spirit in your life. He's the one that God sent to comfort us. When He, he said, it's better that I go because I'll send the Holy Spirit. So if we, if we have no relationship with the Holy Spirit, then we, we really <laughs> will not have peace in our life. And that's what I wanted to make an overriding point on all of these things. All of these things must lead to one end or they in themselves are no good. They give you the world's kind of peace. Jesus said, I don't give you the kind of peace the world does. But in me, everything that we do must be in Christ. It must be with, when, when we make quiet time, when we get with the Holy Spirit, When we set boundaries, all these things are to to please God and to develop a closer relationship with Him. And it's in Christ that we live and move and have our being. It's in Christ that all the blessings of God flow. It's in Christ. it's It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, peace, and joy, right? Without a personal relationship with Jesus... All of these other things will leave you lacking. And there'll be no peace. Maybe moments of it, but you won't have the kind of peace that Jesus gives. These things are where you find Jesus. These are things that bring, that are practical steps. And simply facilitators that lead you underneath the wings of Jesus. You know, what does Psalms 91 say? Uh, He who... Abideth in the shadow of the Almighty. What is it? He who dwelleth in the shadow of the Almighty shall abide under the wings. Well, something like that. Pull up in Psalms 91, please. I always get that confused. But this is where we should live. Jesus said, oh, how I long to just gather you under my wings like a hen gathers her chicks. Jesus doesn't want you afraid. Have you ever seen a picture of a hen gathering her little chicks so that they don't get rained on? That's the eye of the storm. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And you don't get up next to somebody, you don't get in somebody's shadow unless you're up close to them. And so as you move, all these things are designed for you to have places in your life of contact with the one who is your life. Does that make sense? Ephesians 2, 14 tells us, for he himself is our peace. It doesn't say Jesus' ways bring peace. It says he himself is our peace. Isaiah said that he is the prince of peace. We must understand that Jesus is. What do you need? Jesus says, I am. If you know Jesus you know peace that's the difference in us in the world right if you know Jesus you know peace but no Jesus no peace no Jesus no peace but if you know Jesus you know peace (laughs) you know the disciples knew Jesus they loved Jesus they followed Jesus they made mistakes but they were doing their best to hang on to Jesus and when Jesus died on that cross they were petrified their world had been ripped to shreds they didn't understand it maybe you've been there you didn't even feel like you wanted to go on you didn't even know the point What's the point of living now that we've been with Jesus? Now he's gone. Was he the Messiah? Was this true of what he said? I don't even know anymore. I am just totally confused. Now he's gone. The love of my life is gone. And they're holed up. And they're afraid. It's like they were back in the boat again. And thinking they're not getting to the other side now. Jesus is not even in the boat with us. And they locked themselves away behind closed doors, afraid of the Jews that were going to arrest them and that they would be crucified too. And in John 20, verse 19, it says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, What did he say? Peace. Peace be with you. What was he concerned about? You don't think Jesus is concerned about your peace? He he raises from the dead. They got the door locked. They can't stop him. Jesus can get to you behind locked doors. I don't care where you're locking yourself to try to get away from reality. Jesus will, will approach you through locked doors and say, Peace be with you. I know you don't understand. I know your mind is troubled. But I'm still here. Guess what? I've been resurrected. Guess what? We're still going across. And if I showed you that I can raise from the dead, can you have a little faith now? Can you have a little faith now? You see, the resurrection, a revelation of the resurrection is where peace originates. It is an understanding that He loved us enough to die for us, but He was powerful enough to be raised for us and to raise us from our spiritual death, that He is stronger than the wind and the waves. He is stronger than death itself. And He came to His disciples, and His main concern was peace be with you. John 20, verse 26, a few verses on down, you see, there was one disciple who weren't there at that first visit. Anybody remember who it was? Thomas. Thomas. An old, where he got his name, Dalton Thomas. He said, I'm not going to believe. I saw him die. I'm not going to believe until I put my fingers in his nail holes and put my hand in and that's in his side where they hit him with that spear i'm not going to believe you guys can talk and you know what you you can't live on somebody else's peace. you got to find your own you can't get saved by your mama's faith you got to have your own And in verse 26, it says, And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them this time. And Jesus came, the doors being shut, and he stood in the midst of them. And what did he say? Peace to you. you." Come here, Thomas. See, I came for you. Jesus, he leaves the 99 to go find the one. He came back again for one person's peace. Are you going to be like a Doubting Thomas? Are you going to have to stick your fingers in the nail holes before you'll finally believe that he's in control? That you're going across? Are you going to have to put your hand in the, in the spear hole? He said, blessed rather are those who have not seen and believed. Though Jesus will come get you. If you're hiding behind closed doors, if it's just you by yourself, he's going to come to you and he's going to say, look, here's the deal. I want you to have peace in me. I want you to believe in me. I don't want you full of anxiety. I don't want you eating up with the darkness of this world. I don't want your, you to be paranoid. I don't want you to be calloused. I want you to be sensitive. I want your heart to truly live. I want it to be alive with love and compassion and empathy for others. I want you to enjoy the pleasure of serving other people and laying down your life just as I did. I want you to understand that my purpose and my plan for you is good, it's pleasing, it's perfect. Far more than your mind can think or imagine. That the life that I have for you, if you will trust me, we will go across. Do you trust in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? If you'll stop for a moment and think about that, that he laid down his life, that was pretty good. Greater love is no man than that. I mean, if he laid down his life, I think he cares about me. He cares about my heart's situation and my soul and my mind. He doesn't want me tore up. He wants to come in like a flood of life, flood of peace, joy. Love. He wants these things flowing to you so that they can flow through you. God has a plan and a purpose. And if you can trust that He was willing to die for that, you say, Well, I don't know if He can do it in my life. Have you ever seen a man die and then get back up? Have you ever seen a man say, Look, I'm finna go away, I'm finna die? You'll see it. But on the third day, I'm coming back. See, the resurrection should give you great confidence. Not only that He loves you and He cares about you, but that He is able to perform that which you place in His hands. That He is able to take you across. To make your life count in the process. Oh, my brothers and sisters. Faith. And Jesus comes from a relationship with Jesus. And a relationship with Jesus is your peace. Press into Jesus. Press into his love. Press into the thought of the power that he possesses to get you across. And he'll never have to look at you and say, why are you so fearful? Why is it that you still don't believe? Remember the things he's done in the past and move forward with confidence. We'll close with this. Second Thessalonians 3:16 says, "Now may the Lord of peace himself. See, peace is a person. Have you ever thought about it like that? It just came to me. Peace is not a thing. It's a person. The Lord of peace himself now may the lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way the lord be with you all thanks for listening to the podcast today